You're listening to IdeaFest Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Janak. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 5 of IdeaFest Radio. During our fourth episode, we went around the horn with Danville's favorite brewing family, the Browns, from Two Witches Winery and Brewing Company. Visit www.idfsdanville.com slash podcast to hear that episode and all previous episodes as well. We are excited to share IDFS reach and outcomes from this year's business pitch competition, and also take suggestions for ways to improve going forward. We would like to invite all of our sponsors, supporters, and advocates for entrepreneurship out to Two Witches on Trade Street for our final idea flow. Join us for pizza, beer, and celebration this Thursday, April 28, 2016, from 6.30 to 7.30. Event details are on Facebook in addition to www.idfsdanville.com under the Events tab. The River District in Danville, VA, is heating up with new business announcements and relocations coming seemingly every month. This week, we are catching up with one of its new residents, Bobby Carlson of Bobby Carlson Photography. Bobby's photography studio is in the Atrium Building, located above Delano's and Vintages by the Dan. Let's get to the interview and hear how Bobby has moved outside of traditional photography to expand his reach and audience. Here we are in downtown Virginia on a beautiful Monday afternoon. We are not overlooking Main Street for acoustic reasons, but we are in Bobby Carlson's photography studio that's right along Main Street, just right in the heart of the River District. And we're going to learn a bit about his business and try and get to the reasons why you chose to move to the River District. I think that'll be fun. Bobby has earned his bachelor's degree from Avert. That's correct. And then also a master's and a doctorate in psychology, the master's from ECU, East Carolina, and the doctorate from Virginia Tech. That's correct. All right. So we have a well-educated man on our hands. You are obviously running your own studio, and you obviously have an interesting background because you've been able to do some speaking engagements across the country, and so we'll learn a little bit more about that as well. Is there anything that I left off? I yeah I, you know I thought it'd be nice to know that uh, I am a long distance runner, competitive runner, triathlete, uh, married, I got a beautiful wife, three beautiful girls, and I think because of the subject nature that we're going to cover, it's important to to note that I'm also invested in the community. So uh, I go to church, worship here in this community, um, member of the YMCA, so spend a lot of time down there. Um, do a lot of social events around the community. So, and you're from Danville, right? I am from Danville. Okay, originally. that's what I thought. Yep. I wasn't positive about that, but that's what I thought. So you're you're very much living and, and breathing this this revitalization of our town. I am that's, that's absolutely. Really cool. Well, thank you for coming on with us today. Thanks I'm for sorry. having me. Tell us a little bit about your photography studio. What types of work do you do? What, who kind of who are your clients? What what do you what do you what goal are you? Well, that's a lot of questions at once. <laughs> How about we slow down? Let me take a couple of them. So I've had this business for about 11 years, and uh, it really surprises me that it's been that long. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. It seems like just yesterday when I started it. And I started it uh, as a part-time thing. I was teaching at Averitt at the time, and uh, there was roughly two years of overlap between my teaching at Averitt uh, and getting this business off the ground before I stepped into this full-time. Uh, so 11 years in business, and um, like I said, it just seems like time has flown by. I originally started out doing just portrait photography, 
Uh, and so in the, the spectrum of portrait photography, pretty much anything that you can imagine. So uh, from uh, birth all the way up uh, through you know, high school seniors and uh, weddings. I did weddings when I first started, engagement sessions, family sessions, you know, and anything you can imagine with regards to portrait photography I did. That very quickly, uh, within a matter of a couple of years, progressed into commercial photography as well. And I think uh, we'll probably get into it in just a little bit, but uh, I've made a concerted effort to really push the commercial side of things lately um, as the industry has changed a little bit. And I felt some constraints on the business and, and wanted to kind of go in some different directions as well. So now commercial and portrait work. Um, and speaking engagements, I think you mentioned that. And uh, for about the last six or seven years, uh, I've been privileged to uh, have people that want to hear what I have to say on a variety of topics. And so um, started out uh, locally with giving talks, and, and that expanded into uh, Virginia, North Carolina, and then with the addition of some sponsorship and some more, uh, some bigger venues, uh, other people started hearing me. And so I, I have gotten to the point now where I get requests from all over the country to go and, and speak at conventions and conferences. That's really, really cool. Now, are these speaking engagements, are they photography-related, or do they relate to your psychology background? Both, or? actually. And I, okay. I, I think that that's probably one of the reasons why I've been fortunate to, uh, to get on that speaking circuit. There are not too many photographers that have a Ph.D. in psychology. Mm-hmm. And so um, those credentials are a little unusual. Right. Uh, and, you know... The psychology background that I have really lends itself nicely to running a business because you have to interact with people. Um, in my business, you have to sell, and so psychology is a big part of selling. And one of the talks that I give most often is on the psychology of sales. And so um, other photographers are quite interested in how I approach selling, um, how I approach interacting with clients, and particularly from a psychological background. And so I have. I have a little bit of authority to be able to speak on that that subject that other photographers perhaps don't have. I'm really intrigued by the, by the psychology background. Obviously, you have your portraits. There is a a, a finished product, a, a physical finished product. But like kind of you alluded to, much of what you're selling is is yourself, and so I imagine that ability to learn and understand people has has been very very important as you as you learn. It has. And, you know, I I think that that's probably a a commonality among all people who are successful, uh, especially people that go into business for themselves and entrepreneurs specifically. Um, Although uh, not everyone knows uh, the the mechanisms behind it, the names behind it, the science behind it, I suppose. And so... um, Having the background in psychology and the education in psychology uh, gave me that context to be able to then identify, hey, what what sort of things are making me successful? What sort of things can I tweak, uh, you know, from my background that I know, be able to apply in running this business and and be able to make uh, make me more successful? What sort of things work? And so those are the kinds of things that I'm able to talk about and speak on. And it's not that other people don't do those things because other successful people do, but oftentimes they just don't know how to articulate exactly what it is that Mm -hmm. they do. 
and that can be informative to people sometimes. Very cool. That's really interesting. Do you do you have any other business interests or are there any anything else you mentioned selling anything else that you are promoting or working on besides the photography and the speaking, which seem to, to go hand in hand a little bit? Anything else not, that you work not on? Not right now. I always have ideas that pop into my head, but I think right now for me, uh, one business venture is enough. <laughs> it's hard running your own <laughs> business. Um, and I, I have lots of ideas. I'm an idea kind of person. And so uh, things are constantly popping into my head. I, I have recently tried to uh, give my daughters uh, several different uh, little business ideas that I've had because they're, cool. they're growing older and I'm trying to convince them um, the usefulness of uh, going to work and earning some money. Um, and so uh, I try to pass on some of those ideas to them that I think you know maybe they could take on. But uh, for me right now, I think one, one business is enough. Well, that's really cool. It's good to hear that you're helping to breed that in your in your little ones early, so they can experience some freedom in later in life. For sure, that's cool. Well, it's important. My dad uh, owns his own business, and and that's all I've known growing up. He he's an electrician, electrical contractor, and so um, I grew up in an environment where. Uh, you know, he ran his business and, and dealt with the day-to-day aspects of running a business, both the, the good times and the bad times and the stresses that are involved with that. And so um, it probably was a natural thing that I kind of moved over into this. Right. Well, speaking of some of the stresses, what have been some of your biggest challenges just just growing your business and, and really getting your name out there? Sure. I think if I look back over the 11 years, um, I can really kind of break it up into to three different time periods. Um, the first, you know, when I first started the business, um, the second being sort of the middle part of, uh, of those 11 years. And then more recently, I think the challenges are a little bit different. So I'll speak first to, to just the beginning of the business. Sure. I think the, the biggest challenges for me then were, um, I guess, multifold. I, I, I had no experience in running a business, and so you know I had lots of education, uh, lots of experience in teaching, but no experience in starting and running a business. And so just getting a business off the ground was challenging. Um, not knowing uh, the right way to actually set up a business in terms of tax purposes. Do you go with a sole proprietorship? Do you go with a corporation? You know that sort of stuff. Um, I started out as a sole proprietor and then moved into you know changed to a corporation uh, eventually down the road. Um, but things like, uh, you know, when to hire that first employee, um, how much commitment do you make to, to that person in terms of payroll and allocating resources in that direction? Right. Um, that was a big step for me uh, because I had, you know, within two years I had grown to the point where I needed some extra help but wasn't sure whether I wanted to, to invest the resources into, you know, to paying for that extra help. Um, and I think a lot of people that start their own business struggle with that and, and when to make that first step. So um, challenges like that were uh, were difficult and, uh, you know, required a lot of effort, a lot of thinking and a lot of stumbling for me because I'd never done it before. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I was kind of groping around in the dark at the very beginning. Midway through the 11 years, uh, once I had kind of a solid base for my business, I think the biggest challenge for me was in developing a brand. Um, That was something that I had not considered at the outset. I thought if I could take beautiful pictures and then just tell everybody that I could take beautiful pictures and show them, then everybody would come running. But um, I quickly learned from 
other people in my industry who uh, came and um, figuratively speaking put their arms around me and and said hey let's uh, you've got some you've got some talent kid let me you know let, let me show you some some things that you could do differently you know from our experience uh, that could help you and the biggest thing was to develop a brand and so I spent the middle part of these last 11 years in trying to develop a brand and fine-tune that brand to something that people will recognize when they see it. Um, when they see the gold BC on the outside of our building, they, they will recognize that and see it for something that is uh, valuable, something that is classic, something that is refined, uh, expensive, um, and something that, uh, that they would want to invest in. And so developing a brand is not easy. And I think that, that all people that start a business um, probably wrestle with that and, and have to work on that. And uh, luckily for me, I had people that, that helped me do that along the way. Now, as I look at where I'm at 11 years into this business, I think one of the major challenges for me right now is a changing industry. Um, in the last 15 years, the... Uh, the field of photography has changed dramatically. I mean, everybody knows we've gone digital. Um, that was 15 years ago. Uh, and while that was a huge change uh, or brought huge changes in the industry, I think today the proliferation of um, mobile devices and, and being able to take pictures with mobile devices is changing the industry as well. And so what we have in photography is, is no longer an industry where... Uh, you have a huge mass of people that highly value a printed product, but now you have a huge mass of people who uh, place more value on an electronic product, and uh, I'm not sure they place a high value on it at all because they you know, are more willing to take pictures on their phone um, and not print them not save them, not back them up, mm -hmm. and be okay with the risk of losing them. And you can imagine from a professional photography standpoint um, where we place a high value on a printed product and something that you can hold in your hands and look at and touch and hang on your wall and last for years and years, that that's somewhat problematic. And so the industry, I think, as a whole is trying to wrestle with that and um, try to adapt to those changes. Uh, and I'm certainly not the only one, but I'm definitely caught up in that as well. Mm -hmm. So that's a big challenge for me right now. And when it sounds like you used, when you were talking about your brand, you used the word investment and mm -hmm. how you wanted your customers to view that as an investment in themselves or in their family, you know, whatever they are looking to enrich, that's, that's why they are investing in photography. And so that brings with it the, I guess, to me, the word timeless comes up. Mm -hmm. a, a portrait, it, it can stand there in good quality forever and right. mean something to, 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 a, to a potential customer forever. Whereas with the you know the the flood of electronic photos, it's it's very much turns a timeless industry into uh, this picture is the flavor of the week. It's it does. for three days and then it's gone. No it one does. thinks about it anymore. So it it's, does, it's and, really I, and I and I don't want to knock it. It, it. Sometimes it's 
it's unfair for me to speak so critically of that. Um, I don't want to knock it so much because I'm an avid user of the camera on my cell phone. I love it. And when it comes to making social media posts and things like that, um, when it comes to taking pictures of my kids, I'm doing that all the time with my, my phone. Um, but I'm also, um, I'm also printing them and I'm also finding unique ways to, uh, to make those things more long lasting products. Um, you know, when it comes to my girls, I'm all the time snapping pictures of them on my phone, editing them on my phone, and then uploading them to servers and pushing a button and sending postcards to them with those images that they can then put on their refrigerator and stuff. But I'm finding a meaningful use of it. Finding a meaningful use of it. And so, you know, when it comes to running this business, that's what I do. Is I, I I provide a product for people that um, that has some meaning to them and it has some lasting value and so as you said they can put it on their wall and it lasts for a long time it's timeless and they can hand it down from one generation to another generation but I'm concerned that the the number of people that value that um, I think has been declining. The IDFS team could not have done these episodes without the podcasting infrastructure provided by the River District Listener. Visit www.riverdistrictlistener.com to learn how these guys can help you put on your own podcast with turnkey equipment and editing services. Well, as I mentioned uh, before, we are right in the heart of the River District. We could not be any more central to downtown Danville, Virginia right now, and it's the, the building is awesome. The space is awesome. Um, the, the energy is, is around Yeah, I, I will point out that although for acoustic reasons we are not overlooking Main Street, five minutes prior to this, we were overlooking Main Street and <laughs> the beautiful windows. So. And like I said, I mean, you can really see everything that's going on right yes. from these windows. So that's got to just be refreshing and provide all sorts of great energy. Why did you come down here? Well, for a couple of different reasons, um, because of the changes that we've seen in the industry and because of the constraints that I think those changes have brought on my own business, I felt the need to invest more in our commercial photography um, than we had previously. And so I've set uh, goals for our company to increase to a certain level our commercial work, and I needed to position our company in physically in a place where our commercial clients or prospective commercial clients would be able to see us on a regular basis. And so that's probably the main reason why I desired to come to the River River District and why we moved down here. I I don't think there's any question that um, this particular area of Main Street um, and the River District in general uh, is, is... in a buzz right now. There are, uh, there's a large mass of people that are here that weren't here five years ago. I remember when I first started my business coming downtown, going down Craghead Street and, Street and photographing uh, down near the Science Center, uh, down on Bridge Street, um, even in areas that are now the Riverwalk. And I would get done at six, seven o'clock in the evening and, and go to drive home on the other side of Danville. And there just weren't any cars around. There just wasn't anything going on around down here. Now, there's traffic backed up at all the lights at that time. In the evening after 6 o'clock, 6 to 8 o'clock, Main Street is packed with cars. It's hard to find parking places. And so there's a lot of stuff that's going on downtown. And it's mostly professionals that are engaged in this area. And so these are people who we identify as potential commercial clients 
because they're physicians, they're, they're lawyers, they're real estate agents, um, they're stockbrokers, they're, they're people who depend upon um, photography in their businesses for a variety of things when it comes to marketing and advertising. And so physically putting our business in this river district, I think, was, was a, a big need for us. We, we needed to move in that direction. Another reason was just the architecture itself. Um, with photography, uh, it's very important to have good light, um, and it's for particularly for my brand. It's important to uh, have a studio and a, a location where people can look at it and see the justification for um, the amount of money that they're going to be spending on their products, and so. Um, the architecture in downtown Danville and the River District is just fabulous. I mean, there are so many buildings that have so much potential, and it was just a matter of walking through uh, several of them and picking one because so many of them were really nice and I think would have worked. Uh, this one in particular at 312 Main Street um, has been fabulous. And so we were able to renovate it and create a beautiful space for us that has worked out not only uh, with regards to the physical lighting characteristics, uh, but just in terms of the brand of our business. Really, it just made complete sense. You were able to build your brand, kind of put yourself right in the center of you know people walking down the street. Those are your potential customers. You were able to get right in front of them and help bolster everything you've been building for 11 years by being down here and kind of wrapping it all up yeah now we we moved in in september of 2015 so um just going on six months or so here mm -hmm. and uh already it's been good for us um we've definitely seen uh an uptake in uh the amount of commercial uh business um just i think because of being in this location within a month of moving into the space uh we had our um our sheriff give us a call and we did some work for them but primarily because we were right across the street and so that was a big validation um it's hard to walk uh on main street in this area of town and not notice the big old bc outside and yeah. so even branding the outside of the building i think is is has been good for us earlier you were talking about some of the early um some of the initial struggles just with the basics what business what uh, type of entity do I choose to do business as and kind of some of those things you really don't think about when you know you, you know your skills photography you want to open your own studio and then come all these other extraneous things that, that distract you from from the actual goal what, were there any resources available at that time even just educational resources about how to go about doing all of this was there anything in town yeah Google? you know there may have been <laughs> but I did I don't I don't I did not know of any of those and uh, it's probably sad to say but the truth is and as I said a little while ago um, I really feel like I stumbled around a lot and just um, in, in many ways I'm surprised I was able to get the business off the ground I've been very lucky in life in a lot of different ways, and so maybe I got lucky with this as well. But there was really a lot of stumbling and fumbling around from for me at the very beginning. I I knew of no business incubators. Um, you know, I don't know how long the launch place has been in business, but um, I don't think it was around at the time that that. I was starting this business. Um, if it was, I certainly didn't know about it, but I could have greatly benefited from some of the help that those people could have provided. I, I didn't get any of that help. Uh, I basically uh, went online and researched the different types of business entities. Um, I had many conversations with my accountant. 
uh, about how to set up a business and then reached out to other professionals, particularly down in North Carolina, because I was part of that professional association down there um, and asked them, you know, hey, uh, how do you how do you start up a business? Which I might add was that's difficult to do because I couldn't rely on local people. You know, there were there were other local photographers who had, had been established for quite some time, and they're good friends now. I, I mean, I have great friends among the other photographers here in town. But, you know, I recognized early on that this wasn't something that I could go and, and knock on their door and sit down in their office and say, hey, how do I start up a business in your backyard? And so I had to, I had to go outside of town and, and try to find help that way. And, th- and that's one of the things that I try to, uh, try to teach people when I go speak. Um, you know, I mentioned the psychology of sales talk that I give. There's also another one that I give called um, being a professional. What does it mean to be a professional photographer? And uh, one of those things uh, that I always tell people that is very important is uh, networking with you know your peers in the industry. So joining professional associations, which is extremely important. If I had not joined a professional organization uh, association early on, I would not have got that help. I wouldn't have had the people to wrap their arms around me, and, and uh, I'm certain I would have failed as a business um, just within a couple of years. Case in point, I see that happen all the time. I see. You know, in our industry, it's so easy for people to grab a camera and call themselves a professional photographer. And, and you know, I, I think erroneously they believe that you can charge somebody for a product and that makes you a professional photographer. Or you can go out and get a tax ID and that makes you a professional photographer. And I would argue that it does not, that there are so many things that you should be doing to really be able to call yourself a professional, including joining professional associations, um, getting your education in that industry, getting your certifications, uh, getting your credentials. I mean, I'm a big credential guy. That's why I have all those letters behind my name. But there are so many things like that that I think are, are wrapped up in being a professional. And so had I not done some of those things early on, I think uh, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. I'd be doing something else. For our next show, we are continuing the theme of service-based entrepreneurs with Paul Nicholson of Presenting You. Check out the episode to hear how Paul pivoted from the video resume space into the storytelling market with filming, editing, and brand enhancement services. Any suggestions for entrepreneurs and business owners that you would like to hear from or learn more about can be sent to ideafestanvil at gmail.com. How do you define entrepreneurship? Okay, so... I thought a lot about this question. Um, I want to emphasize the risk part of it, and I don't really know how to do that, but I, I would suggest that an entrepreneur or entrepreneurship is using some initiative to start, to develop, and grow a business or an enterprise, oftentimes at great risk. I really believe that. From my own personal experience, when I started this business, as I mentioned, I started it part-time. I had no idea that it was going to take off like it was. And I had no idea that it would very quickly become a full-time job for me. And so, you know, I just started the business, you know. <laughs> but within two years, I was, I was working two full-time jobs. And I physically couldn't do it. I was under a lot of stress. And I had a passion in teaching, but I also had a passion for photography. And so I, I left academia and moved into this business with great risk. 
I left a, a job where I had tenure already. I had, I had put in the years, I had put in the time to, to gain tenure. And a tenured, faculty, a, a tenured faculty position is not one that is easily given up. Tenure in many, many senses of the word would suggest that you, you, there are very few things that you could get fired for, get terminated for. Um, so it's a very secure position. And I stepped out of that very secure position into a world where you are constantly trying to find a way to make that next dollar. And so there's a tremendous amount of risk, I think, that comes with entrepreneurship. Risk not only in terms of investment of time, but investment of uh, resources such as uh, capital, you know, money, but investments in terms of your financial future as well. You know, it's all well and good to start a business, but what's going to happen two years down the road when the bottom drops out of the economy, which it did, you know, 2008, 2009, the bottom dropped out of the economy. And then in an industry now where things are changing, you know, so it's a very risky endeavor, I think, entrepreneurship is. And so hats off to people who are willing to take that risk and jump out and do it. It's not all, it's not all negative. I think if it was, people wouldn't be doing it. Um, there are a lot of positives, I think, with being an entrepreneur. I mean, not the least of which is the joy of being able to birth something and and grow it. You know, I mean, that it's almost like a kid. You know, it's not quite the same, but it, in, in some ways it's like a kid. And you get to, to nurture it and develop it and watch it grow. And you get to see the fruits of, of that. And so there's a lot of reward just in being able to watch that. Um, there's a lot of flexibility that comes with, with being an entrepreneur. You don't always get to set your own hours. I think whoever says that is probably completely wrong, but it, you tend to work a lot more, I think, than you do if you were working for the man, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But there is a tremendous amount of flexibility. And so uh, with my family, if, um, if my wife says, hey, you know, is it possible for you to take off in a couple of weeks so we can go do this? You know, I don't have to ask somebody else. You know, I'm the boss. And so um, more often than not, I'm able to juggle some things and, and kind of make that happen. And so uh, there are a lot of benefits to, to being an entrepreneur in that regard. What was it like setting up a business in Danville? Would setting up a business in Danville be any different than doing it anywhere else? Tell us about your experience. Okay, so um, I, don't, I don't know if I have a great answer for you because the short answer is setting up a business in Danville for me in terms of my experience, it was difficult. But if if I'm truly honest and I think about it, I don't know that it would have been any less or more difficult some other place. Mm -hmm. I, I often have people come to me, uh, especially now that I've developed a, a really good brand, and they say, Bobby, man, that business would, would kick tail in a larger market. Man, you would, you would really be successful in a larger market, more so than I am here. And um, while I know why they're saying that, I, I often have to remind them that many of the same constraints exist in a larger market. Just because you have more people, you know, doesn't, doesn't mean that, that those constraints aren't there and that those challenges aren't there. And oftentimes, I think there are some additional challenges that, that you don't have uh, in a smaller market like Danville. It, it was challenging for me, much, uh, mostly because of the things that, that we have just talked about, but all that being said, I grew up in Danville, loved Danville. You know, I went away from my education and came back for some very specific reasons, and um, and I think it's a great place to start a business. 
I certainly have seen other people start businesses here and be successful. And I think much like any other small community, I think uh, there, there are ways to be successful in starting businesses, places like this. Could I have been successful in, in starting a, a business like this in, in Greensboro, which is slightly larger, Lynchburg, which is slightly larger, or Charlotte? You know, Charlotte's a, a much bigger market. Um, Raleigh, Raleigh-Durham. Um, I think so. I think I could have been successful there. But um, would it have been any easier? I don't think so. And while many of the challenges would have been common to what I've experienced here, I think there are additionally some other challenges that I would have had to have faced, um, not the least of which is, uh, you know, bigger markets also have uh, more of the same people trying to do the same thing. Right, more competition. <laughs> more exactly. competition. So, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side and um, been happy with, with doing this here. Great, great. Bobby, uh, for any of our listeners who want to follow you or find out more about what you're up to, where can they find find you online? Yeah, so you know we talked a lot about branding. Well, we've made it really easy to find us. All you have to do is put in my name, so Bobby Carlson, for anything. So Facebook slash Bobby Carlson Photography, or Facebook slash Bobby Carlson, BobbyCarlson.com, Bobby at BobbyCarlson.com. If they want to email me, I mean it's all Bobby Carlson, and that's C A R L S. Ian. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of IDFS Radio. This is your host, Jeff Janak, signing off.